When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, everybody, welcome back to Bucketheads. This is episode 85 of one of the only college basketball podcasts that you get year-round. My name is Connor Lamans, and I'm here with my co-host, Justin Golba. And Justin, we are six weeks away from the first game of the season it's i'm not quite once we get into october i will officially be like okay it's college basketball season i'm not not there yet but i'm I'm right on the edge of it like it's getting close we are officially in the season of me tweeting ohio state basketball news and people commenting on it like it's ohio state football news because they're so locked into the football season that's what happens around this time of the year wait what do you mean did that happen it happened last year a couple times. I forget exactly what I was tweeting out, but I said something and all like the, there was a bunch of comments and it was all about football. And I was like, this isn't a football tweet. It was something generic that could be taken about either. But um, I think it was, it was something about recruiting. Like Ohio you- State's recruiting is rising right now with with like like a couple offers going out. And they were like, Ohio State football recruiting has always been good. I'm like, this is not, it's not what I'm talking about. Are, are, you, are you new to the show? Yeah. I'm are like, you, are like, you new to the program? Because it's from, I'm like, this is called, like, it's from the, it's called Bucketheads. What do you think? Do you think that's a football reference? It's not a football reference. That's basketball. So, people are locked in, okay. though, man. Ohio State football, you know, you got, you got, I, I love it. So, you got to love it. But uh, people get locked in. But earlier this week, um, we did have Ohio State Media Day, which is specific to Ohio State. It's not Big Ten Media Days. Big Ten Media Day is in Minneapolis. Um, you will not be there. I will not be there 
we do not get paid enough to uh, fly to Minneapolis. But Ohio State does have their own media day um, at the Shot and Scene Center for local media. And I guess anybody that's willing to drive to it, um, even if you're not local. But um, that was earlier this week. So we will talk about that towards the tail end of this episode. Um, before we talk about that, I want to talk about um, the Almanac, Justin. Um, this is a free ad for the Almanac because both Justin and I, um, we purchase it. We've purchased it both years they've done it. Um, I think it's very, very useful. I think, uh, Justin, I think you feel the same way about it. Um, Great. But there are there are Big Ten previews and I'm sorry, not just Big Ten, conference previews for every single conference in the Almanac. And then within every conference, they have like 2,000 words on every single team. They talk to every single coach. They give yeah, like that's projected... that's like the push. That's like the pushing thing, right? Like we talk to every single coach in Division One. I. I saw that was like yeah. that's like a promo. It's yeah. I mean, they have you know like two thousand words on Ohio State, just like they have two thousand words on Duke, just like they have you know two thousand words on Western Michigan. So they talk to every coach. They put projected starting lineups in there. They talk about key departures, key newcomers as well as expect like it is so in depth and it, it does cost $20, um, which to some folks, I mean, I understand 20 bucks is kind of a lot of money, but I think in my opinion, for the amount of money, not the amount of money, the amount of time that I use that almanac throughout the course of a basketball season, I look at man, it, it is, it is, I literally probably use look at it every day from like now through April for some for some reason, I will use it. Um, if you're like this season, Ohio State plays Miami of Ohio, right? If if the Buckeyes are playing Miami of Ohio and you're like, I'm assuming Miami of Ohio sucks, but I want to look up Miami of Ohio and see who plays for them. Literally, you pull up the Almanac, you pull up Miami of Ohio, they'll give you their entire roster, newcomers, key departures, how they've played lately, a, a very in-depth description of the teams. And then before Ohio State plays Miami of Ohio, you're like... Pfft. I'm an expert on Miami of Ohio basketball now. Yeah. It's also, it's one of those things where like when I was kind of starting in this college basketball media landscape, whatever you want to call it, I worked with a lot of the guys that do work on the Almanac. It's a lot of the heat check guys. If you look at heat check college bats, CBB, they do a great job. Um, we've had Kevin Sweeney on, he's not involved in it, but it's a lot of people that he like, he's kind of worked with before. Uh, and then obviously, you know, it's ran by Jeff Goodman, but, um, yeah, it's, Rob, it's a lot of Rob Douster, I think, as, as yeah. well. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's 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 just ran. It's it's the guys that like they they know college basketball. The guys that write this and they do it so well. Uh, there's so many, there's so much great stuff in there, and it's kind of if if you have any college basketball, if you want to have any knowledge, if you like college, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you like college basketball in some way. Um, it's great in that regard. It just is and. The, the point of, of talking about the, the almanac, which if you go to cbbalmanac.com, you can buy it for $20. The point was not just to give them a free ad and move on. Um, we are going to talk about the almanac, specifically the Big Ten and Ohio State, because this early on, um, Justin, like, like Justin said, it's mostly still football coverage. You're not getting very many substantial basketball previews yet. Um, and the almanac is quite literally the most substantial basketball preview you're going to get all season. So, you know, it's got Ohio state projected lineups. It's got 
kind of like thoughts on Ohio State from all those writers as well as projected standings in the Big Ten. So you can look at, does Ohio State have any projected first, second, or third team, you know, all Big Ten guys? Where do they see Ohio State finishing um, in the Big Ten? Where do they have them in the NCAA tournament, if at all? So we wanted to talk about that stuff today because I think it's interesting, um, but we can't do that without giving some uh, credit to the Almanac and how great of a resource it is. I, I just keep it in tab on my laptop for like six months straight, basically. Well, and Kevin Sweeney said it the best. He was talking about, you know, because people were, I think some people were kind of complaining about it being 20 bucks. Because for some reason, I, I don't want to get on a soapbox here, but for some reason, when it comes to like even news reporting or sports reporting, people yell at the athletic for this because everything's bound to paywall. It's the only thing in life you don't want to pay for. Like somebody put time and effort into it, you pay for a product. It's their job. If someone comes to your house and fixes your fucking toilet, that's time and effort. You pay that person money. If you go pick something up or somebody delivers something to you, you tip that person because they're providing you a service. If you at any other time you pay for something because they're giving you a service, that's life. That's that's the world we live in. But for some reason, when like a, a sports article is behind a paywall, people get all upset. I'll never understand that for the life of me. But paying that 20 bucks to these people allows their independent media company. It allows them to go cover a final four, to go do all this stuff, to get good content, to put out to you that you might not get anywhere else. They did a phenomenal job at the final four last year, getting interviews on the court, stuff like that with, with coaches and stuff. So that's what this is. That's what you're buying. So that's, I'm not gonna get too far in a soapbox on that, but like, it's, you know, it's, it's an amazing product. Like you said, 2000 words on every single team. If you follow college basketball, that's a lot of teams. It's a hell of a product. 20 bucks is nothing in my opinion for that. I understand and if you don't have the 20 bucks to spend, I'm not rich, but I'm saying that's why it's 20 bucks. And I mean, we both know it's, it's the, it's the, the digital age that Justin and I are, we're, we're both in our twenties. It's been like this, our entire lives. You know, you want to learn something. You want to, you, you Google something, you Google shit. Like I want to find out, um, you know, Oh, like what's happening with, for example, Aiden Cheryl, what's going on with Aiden Cheryl's recruitment. Right. Which Big, big buster, big, big news. He committed to Alabama, which I believe was like where we, where I shouldn't say we, where the experts were saying he was probably going to wind up all along. He did end up at Alabama, but you want to, you want to find out what's going on with Aiden Sherrill. You look up Aiden Sherrill recruitment. You see, there's a story from on three, like yet the day before you click on it, it's behind a paywall. Um, and that's just how it goes. My recommendation would be find two or three publications that you think are really good and pay for like your favorite two or three, because those, those people that write these things that you enjoy, they only keep their job. If people actually subscribe, if nobody subscribed to it, those, those, those writers that you like to read their stuff those that are reliable, they wouldn't have that job if nobody subscribed. So don't subscribe to everything, but like I subscribe to the athletic, and I subscribe to the Columbus Dispatch, and that's it, because those are my two favorite publications. That's what I. That's mine as well. Those are the two I subscribe to as well. <laughs> right, like I don't subscribe. The athletic, to, I, like I, if you're a sports fan, like the Athletic is the one you should subscribe to. Like that's the one that gives you like really good analysis and stuff, but also like the deeper stories and kind of the storytelling that I think we enjoy from sports reporting. So, if somebody writes for the Athletic, to me, that immediately gives them like credibility. Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can't, I don't think you can do a whole lot better than that. Like to me, it even trumps, like, in my opinion, like ESPN. Yeah, I think that I, I people think that write for the athletic, the athletic took most of my favorite ESPN writers. So I would definitely agree with that. <laughs> but that that's the whole point of that spiel. 
Um, we just think it's a worthwhile resource. So before we like go in and be like, here's all the information from the almanac that we're yeah. going to give you, even though you didn't pay for it, we wanted to be like, this is why you should pay for it. But also I have seen on Twitter, we're talking about it, that some people don't want to pay for it because they're like, I don't want to give money to Jeff Goodman, which Jeff Goodman, if you're listening to this, you know who Jeff Goodman is. He used to write for, I think, CBS, and then he was with Stadium, and I don't know if he's still with Stadium anymore, or it might just be Field of 68. But I think, uh, it, I think, it, is, I think it is both. Like People don't want to buy it because they're like, I don't want to give Jeff Goodman money. Like, Why do people hate Jeff Goodman? Also, why do you think your money, like, I feel like every time you buy the Almanac, it's 20 bucks going in Jeff Goodman's pocket. That's not how that works. It goes to the field of 68 and all those guys. And like, uh, again, a fund for them to go places. So in probably honestly, just a fund to make the next Almanac. So I don't really know. I, I think Jeff, I think people hate like he, I mean, he can be kind of snarky on Twitter and I think people don't like that. I don't know why they hate him to the degree they tend to hate him. I know Kentucky fans hate him. Like, I know that's a thing. Uh, Kentucky fans in general, they tend to be a little psychotic. So I'm not going to really chalk that up to too much. I don't know. I don't hate him. I don't really have. He, some of those fan bases, like on Twitter, he will, like, he knows that, like, Kentucky fans pokes. really. He definitely pokes. I'll give. He knows I'll that Kentucky him. fans don't like him. So, like, he will tweet things intentionally to, like, fire up Kentucky fans. But I don't think that that diminishes, like, the quality of work that he can produce, like in the Almanac. I don't think that diminishes maybe Kentucky fans, just individual, like this guy pisses me off. So I'm not going to pay him money, I guess. Um, I know Ohio state fans get pissed off because they think that Jeff Goodman, like is basically like a paid shill for Chris Holtman. Like he's paid just to go and speak on behalf of Chris Holtman and say how great he is. And th this and that, and the other, like, the dude, maybe the dude can be a little snarky on Twitter, but I don't think that diminishes the work. And I think not paying for the almanac just because you think Jeff Goodman gets the twenty dollars is kind of ridiculous. Because really, I, I, there I just, are that logic is just very, uh, it's very like just not. It doesn't really make any sense. <laughs> there are so many contributors to the almanac that are just like you and me, who are who have full time jobs during the week, and then their secondary income is however they contribute to different sources for college basketball content during the season. It's a secondary income that they do on top of their 40 hour a week job. Like that money that the 20 bucks is really going to like those contributors. Like, like you said, that's going to help get those guys to the NCAA tournament out to different schools during the summer, paying for airfare, things like that. So they can go to the different schools and talk to the coaches to write the almanac and to, I don't know. There's a lot of contributors to that. And, and most of the contributors to the Almanac are not Jeff Goodman and Rob Dobster. They are exactly. guys like Justin and I who do this as a secondary thing because they just like the sport. Yeah, I mean, if you want to know exactly like the guys that do, if, if you follow college basketball and stuff, you know, Three Man Weave is a big one. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. They're the ones that um, they, they contribute to that a lot. Like Riley Davis, um, Lucas Harkins, all of these guys that if you follow, you know, Connor Hope, uh, Eli Bacher, if you kind of follow college basketball, you know the the media realm a little bit. These are guys that have popped up on your page as like, you know, maybe they wrote for fan sided, maybe they wrote for like a land grant, you know, and now they're just kind of working their way through, working their way up. And like land grant, 
like let's let's be real like when it comes to, like sp nation stuff like they don't we don't have money to go to the that's why we don't go to like media day like big time media day you know but that's because we're also not putting out an almanac when these guys put out the almanac and you pay them twenty dollars that's what gets them to these media days and to these final fours and if you're not like a a big fan of college basketball you probably don't care about that and that's fine you know but if you are a fan of college basketball, you do like the content that comes from it and you do want more than just the typical reporting that you get from it every year. That's what this is. And that's what this can be. So that's just, that's my two cents. Yeah. So that's our, that's our rant on, that's our rant on subscribing to media, uh, paying for the paywall, (laughs) even though it's unpopular, I guess that that's my biggest advice is don't, you don't have to pay for every single paywall, but if you but if you if you find one or two good sources that are worth paying for, then maybe just pay for one or two. Um, also, like right like right now, for example, I'm subscribed to the Athletic until like I think next year, next March, for a dollar a month. Like, come on, come on. Exactly. I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We had to give credit to the source, you know, before we jump into it. But now that we've gone above and beyond what is deserved, um, for the, the now that we've given a lot of credit to the source, we can go ahead and actually look at the Almanac's Big Ten preview. Um, First of all, the order of finish in the Big Ten, I think the top two, I think the top two are what Justin and I have talked about slash written about slash debated for the last couple of months. They have Purdue finishing first. They have Michigan State finishing second. That's pretty much, I think that's the the consensus universally accepted thing. And those are the two best teams in the Big Ten. And they have Illinois finishing third, Maryland fourth, Indiana fifth, Ohio State sixth, Wisconsin 7th, Iowa 8th, Northwestern 9, Michigan 10, Rutgers 11, Nebraska 12, Penn State 13, and Minnesota 14. Um, Justin, do any of those jump out at you um, like you do not agree with any of those that that's where they're going to finish? 
Uh, quick question because I f- stopped listening. Uh, I forgot what. Uh, who's four and five? <laughs> um. So Illinois is three. Maryland and I heard Ohio State. Who's in between? Maryland is four. Indiana is five. Yeah, I think Illinois is high. Um, I just I don't. It's hard to trust the team, especially in the Big Ten, that doesn't have a true point guard right now. They might figure that out. You know, they might be whether it's um the freshman whose name is escaping me right now that they kind of expect to take that role, but he's young. Um, you know, whether it is Ty Rogers or whether it is just Terrence Shannon. Terry Shannon is going to play the point at times just because he has they they want the ball in his hands so much. Plus, I don't know if Coleman Hawkins is really he's so versatile, but I don't know if he's a great second option for scoring, which is kind of the the, the place that they're at with him. I don't know. I, I don't know that I love Illinois at three. I think I kind of like I think I like Maryland at three. You know, I just did the Maryland preview that came out today. I uh, recorded this Tuesday. You know, we have a Jameer Young and you have a Deshaun Harris-Smith coming in right behind him. I just like that a little more than, like, like a sincere Harris, your point guard. Uh, the freshman I was thinking of, by the way, was Draw Gibbs. Uh, Lahorn, I just, again, at Lawhorn, I don't know that he's ready to go right right away. Putting, I mean, we watched Bruce Thornton, as talented as Bruce Thornton was. Even he had some freshman struggles throughout the season. Most of the time he was phenomenal, don't get me wrong. But there was definitely that little freshman kind of bump he hit in, in conference play. You know, in Indiana's... Indiana's kind of the same question. I don't know. I love them at five. You know, they have – they're kind of the the example of, like, can you play with four seven-footers on the floor at the same time? Because they might have to at some points. You know, the good part for them is Xavier Johnson is coming back. While I think we pretty much know who Xavier Johnson is, I don't think he's going to really surprise too many people. He is still a solid option at point guard. He's not going to be anything crazy, but he's not going to be anything – he's not going to be bad. He's just going to be solid for you. But other other than Xavier Johnson, I think six of their top seven players are probably forwards. You know, wherever you want to put Trey Galloway in there, who's going to be the two for them? So, I don't know. I, I think those two teams just have the questions at guard that a Maryland, an Ohio State, maybe even a Wisconsin, don't have. Um, I don't know. I uh, whoever was eleven. Oh, Rutgers is, little, is might be a little low, just because I think Rutgers is going to be so pesky on defense. They have some offensive questions. I mean, Cliff Amorier is a true number one, but outside of that, they definitely have some offensive questions. But, um, you know, they do have still some solid young pieces. And then obviously, you know, next year is the year they could literally be a top five team in the country. But 11 is a little low for them just because of how good they can be on defense. They can really just, if you can hold any team to 60 points, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of games. The one that stood out for me is, Wisconsin at seven. I think the Wisconsin essentially brings back everything from last year. They don't, they don't lose any guys who are of, of importance. Um, they bring back Chucky Hepburn, Connor Asesian, Max Klesman, Tyler Wall, Stephen Crawl. All those guys are back. Um, they bring in Gus Yeldon, who's going to be, um, I think, a sneaky candidate to maybe win Big Ten uh, freshman of the year if he can sneak in to that starting rotation. I think he's going to be really good. Um, also a, a big six foot nine, like thick <laughs> freshman forward named Gus that they're going to call the Gus bus. I'm sure it's just really fun to me. Um, so I'm, I'm on the Gus bus for sure, but it, I think it's seventh. I think that's kind of, that's, I'm a little surprised that Wisconsin would be picked to finish like behind Ohio state, um, even behind like Indiana. 
I thought for sure that Wisconsin was going to be like a top four preseason team in the Big Ten. I think they are going to be good. Um, I guess the reason teams could think people could think that they're not is just that they were just an okay team last year. And, um, you know, right. they bring back the same group of guys and only one of those guys that they bring back was like a freshman. So it's not like, um, you know, they, they had a team last year that was mostly sophomores and juniors guys that had some experience and they pretty much bring that, that, that group back. Um, I, I just, I just think that having, having, having uh, a consistency and bringing the same group back is really important in college basketball. So I, I think that, I think Wisconsin is going to be good. I know you love Chucky Hepburn. You love some Chucky Hepburn. Um, I don't know if Chucky Hepburn has turned into the star that we thought he would be when he was a freshman, but he's still solid. He's still darn solid. Going to average you 10 to 15 points a game, uh, shoot the ball pretty consistently. Yeah. To be honest, I really just love Chucky because I've written my favorite story I've ever written in my career was on him and his team. So um, just biased in that regard. I do think when it comes to like, starting point guards in the country and like in the conference, he doesn't rank that high, uh, you know, kind of pains me to say, cause I love him. But um, I think there's a ceiling there. I think the difference with like, I think you kind of look at Wisconsin, Ohio state in a similar light of like, they weren't good last year and they're bringing back not a similar team. Cause Ohio state is like seven new guys, but they're bringing back like some of the more key contributors. I think Ohio state, you have the freshman class coming in that should contribute right away. And you have like a Jamison battle and a Dale Bonner, in that transfer realm that should make them better. Wisconsin is really just bringing back the same team. So while I think Steven Crowell is going to be huge for them, if he can take that next step, become, because I think he's very underrated. He puts up good numbers, nothing crazy, nothing Zach Eady like, but still solid numbers. If he can be a good guy for them and Tyler Wall can be a legitimate all Big Ten player, you know, Chucky can play the point guard position at a, at a, at a high level. Then you can talk about maybe them moving up. And honestly, I think when you look at, like, they finished 13th, 13th last year or 12th, right? They finished 12th. Was it Ohio they State finished. over in Wisconsin at 13th? That flipped. I don't think they were that low. It wasn't, no, Nebraska, wasn't Nebraska above them or didn't Nebraska? No, Nebraska jumped at the end. I remember, Ohio State played them in the first round of the Big Ten tournament. So that would have been the 13-12. I just don't remember who finished 13, who finished 12. But... Did Wisconsin, did Wisconsin not make the tournament last year? No. Remember, they stunk. They played Ohio State Dude, the first I, the Big Ten tournament. It was the 12 13. Yeah, I so, forgot. So you oh, could man. Say they are kind of moving up a lot because they went from either 12 or 13th, I think 12th to 7th. That is kind of a big jump. So I honestly forgot. That was a thing at the end of that was a thing at the end of the season when Ohio State beat them in the turn in the Big Ten tournament. I forgot about that. Where people were like, man, this Wisconsin team. Well, State they did not get out of them in the Big Ten tournament game. Remember, they're like, didn't, yeah, they, and I think, and then Wisconsin, everybody's like, oh, God, it's happening. Then Wisconsin cut up to like, Wisconsin cut up to like five or something like that. But uh, people were like, yeah. man, this Wisconsin team did not look very like urgent. And then I didn't Greg Gard talk about like either before or after the game, like, yeah, like we know we're in the tournament, like we needed to win this game, but like we, we know we're, we know we're safe. And then they weren't safe. I don't know. It feels hard to say that they finished 12th in the conference, but um, I know they were pretty much on the bubble and they finished really poorly, and that was kind of what did them in. But, yeah, no, they were kind of like Ohio State last year. They just underperformed at a, at a, at a pretty high level. Even worse, uh, and then, they went from Big Ten damn near champions to 12th. Ohio State picked to finish 6th 
Um, they did not do like, they didn't do like projected record, um, but they have them finishing six and that in itself could be that in itself is a talking point all by itself. Because on one hand you could say jumping from 13th in the big 10 to six in the big 10. Not bad. That's a considerable jump. That is a considerable jump. That is a really big jump. Um, you're kind of on the outskirts of getting a double buy in the big 10 tournament the year after you lost like 14 out of 15. On the other hand, you could say before last year, that's what Ohio state was doing under Chris Holtman pretty much every year, other than year one was finishing fifth, sixth, seventh. So should we really be excited about finishing in sixth place? Is that even good enough to finish in sixth place? Cause that's pretty much, if you take out the horrible year, you know, I'm, I'm talking as I'm in Ohio, just a regular Ohio state fan here. Sixth place isn't good enough. We've been seeing sixth place for five years. Like that's what I'm, I'm wondering. Cause there's two different ways to look at that. It's the big jump and it's the, I don't care how bad we did last year. Sixth place just uh, ain't going to cut it. Yeah. So I think, I think it goes back to kind of what your expectation for the team is, right. You know, do you is your only thing because a lot of the you know what the big thing people say is the sweet 16 aspect if they finish six but they make a sweet 16 i don't think people really care um obviously you want them to compete for a big 10 title i don't consider this year to be one of those years i think you have to look at the landscape for that i just simply don't think they're on the level of michigan state and purdue and i don't think that's a bad thing michigan state and purdue are two legitimate top five teams in the country and i think they're two of the five contenders to that can win the turn, tournament with Kansas, Duke, and, and UConn, maybe Texas. So like so I don't expect them to compete for the conference. I, if they if they do that, great. If they don't, I don't expect it. That's not an expectation. I do think finishing sixth would be a little low just because I have them finishing fourth. Um and also when you rank teams, if you tier them, I think a lot of people would agree that the tiers are correct in terms of tier one is Michigan State and Purdue. Tier two is probably who they ranked three through seven, right? Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, Wisconsin, Ohio State. I think most people would agree that's the tier two. Um, maybe they some team some people might pull Wisconsin out of there. I've seen some people pull Illinois out of there just because of the point guard situation. I think they're talented enough to still stay in the tier two regardless. But um, so it's just going to depend on some of those key games down the stretch when it, whether them finishing third, fourth, fifth, or sixth, and then obviously like. A year like this in the Big Ten, you can finish six in the conference and still be a five or a six seed. You know, it's it's one of those weird years, I think, where the Big Ten is at least the top six or seven. I think it's pretty solid. I think it can all be pretty really like top 25, really good teams. I think the bottom of the Big Ten is really bad this year. And I think when you look at like the schedule Ohio State has, they have to take advantage of that, especially like in December where they play Minnesota and Purdue. Like they have to leave December two and up. You just do. Um because you're going to play other games that you might lose. So you have to win those games. And those are the weird ones over the past couple of years, they've kind of dropped. Uh, so that's where, you know, I, if they, like if they finish six this year, but they make a sweet 16, no, I have no problem with that. Now if they finish six and you lose in the first round or you get blown out in the second round, I've always said this year to me is kind of a, a little bit of a measuring stick. It's a very important year for Chris Holtman in terms of like, you have to make the tournament. You have to, you can't be a bubble team. You have to be a – I would say you have to be a top 25 team. I would say that. Um, 
you don't have to make the Sweet 16 for me. Like I said, I have to look at a bracket before I make that determination. But I think you have to be a, a decent top 25 team. But next year and the year after that is the year that I think they're going to be a legitimate, possibly a legitimate top 10 team in the country. That's where I think the finishing and competing in the Big Ten, because all those dudes from Purdue, because those dudes from Michigan State might be gone, that's where I think the competing in the Big Ten really plays in. But this year I think it's more of just, okay, let's get these sophomores and freshmen really ramped up. Let's get them all the playing time they need so that the next couple of years they can actually be like a legitimate force in the country. Yeah, I think this season it's going to be depending on who you ask. I think it will be very difficult for Ohio state this season to do anything that is going to like satisfy the most rabid part of the Ohio state fan base. Um, I think it's going to be really hard for them to do, you know, because I agree. um, I agree. It's like saying I agree with myself. I was, I was playing the part of just a typical standard Ohio state fan, like five minutes ago when I said like it, that's not going to cut it, you know, sixth place to an extent. I think that's really true. Um, I think that Ohio state has a standard that the expectation should be that you are basically in the top four of the big 10 darn near every single season. Um, that's where they should hover every single season. And just because they finished in 13th last year, I think that jumping back up to sixth or seventh, you're still finishing sixth or seventh. And there's a standard at Ohio state that is higher than that. Um, but at the same time, I would be shocked if the group that they've gotten together for this year is like, like you said, if they finish 15 and five in the big 10 and they get a two seed in the NCAA tournament, like I would be floored. I would be shocked. Yeah. Um, but the important thing with the group that they've collected is it seems like they've kind of think of a snowball rolling downhill um, and it's collecting more and more as it rolls down. I think they've got a group of guys that they're going to, for the next couple of years, continue to carry over this core group of guys from year to year, it seems. Um, and that's what's most important in college basketball. And that's how yeah. you win in college basketball. And they've got a group of guys that I just, I think that they're going to be able to keep this core together. I, I think that you have Roddy Gale and Bruce Thornton and Felix Akpara are there. Uh, they're Scotty not, they're Middleton. Not they're not transferring. Scotty Middleton and Devin Royal. Like I wouldn't be shocked if all five of those names that I just named Thornton, Gale, Akpara, Royal, Middleton, all of those guys put their name in the NBA draft next year, put their name in to see what is said Oh, yeah. And then I would be a little surprised if more than one of them actually get drafted. So I think you're bringing back the main core right now. I think, yeah, I would say right now, I think the only one that is projected currently to get drafted actually is Scotty Middleton, believe it or not. Um, But you're still, you're so far out. Yeah. Yeah. You're so far out that Scotty Middleton could also average, you know, who knows 4.5 points a game. And it could be, that was just a projection based on the kind of athlete he is, but you're not going to lose much of this core group from season to season. And that's how you sustain success. So I think the next year you have a junior Bruce Thornton, a junior Roddy Gale, a junior Felix Akbara um, on top of, uh, you know, Tayson Chapman, Devin Royal, Scotty Middleton, that are all sophomores, um, They've got a good group that the snowball is going to continue to roll downhill and pick up momentum. I just don't know if the roster is currently constructed is like a get a two seed in the Big Ten, finish second or third in the Big Ten this year, 
with how Michigan State, you know, and Purdue are currently constructed. But but that doesn't matter to a lot of Ohio State fans, to a lot of the most the rab- most rabid part of the fan base. It's like I don't care what the circumstances are. Finish top four in the conference. Like that is your job. And if you cannot do that, find me somebody that can do that. So I think, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough this year for Ohio State men's basketball to satisfy the most rabid part of the fan base. Yeah, and unfortunately, like, I mean, I I can guarantee you there's there's people that if they finish third, they won't be happy with that because they didn't contend, even though they don't take into it. I've been saying this for five years. When you look at Chris Holtman's tenure at Ohio State, context is very important. I do truly believe that, that context matters. So if they finish third this year to us, that would be incredible. That'd be a great finish. That'd be to me the best they could possibly do because they're on a level of Penn or on Purdue or Michigan State. There's not, I don't think. Um, anything can change. Obviously, guys can underperform or overperform, and that can change. But as of right now, they're not on that level. And there'd be some people that say, well, they finished third because they should be on that level, right? So it doesn't matter. But you know, I, I do think that context matters. You know, what they've lost to the draft that they weren't expecting to lose matters, like all of these different things. And, um, you know, we can maybe we can talk about the uh, the coaching evaluation that came out about, you know, the Gene Smith had of Chris Holman that got people all riled up that, again, like context matters within that. And um, I understand the people that don't like to see Gene Smith say that. Um, I mean, he never said he did like the on the court stuff he said was unacceptable. But other things do factor into it when you're head coach and, you know, this year. This year, I do think is building for possibly. And I know it's the seventh year, but this year you're still kind of building towards 2024, where you have Junie Mobley coming in. 2025, where you could have a Darren Peterson. Right? We made his top 16, so we could have a Darren Peterson, and then that's where it all comes together. You just need all the all the pieces to come together for Ohio State. Unfortunately, they just haven't yet. They've been one year away of. One year of Malachi Branham or one year of E.J. Liddell or one year of Dwayne Washington away from all these pieces come together. You know, in 2021, one injury to Kyle Young away. Like they've all just the pieces have been so close, but they haven't quite clicked into place. A lot of a lot of it being outside factors, not Chris Holman's fault. For honestly, these guys leaving for the draft just because they're progressing, they're developing these guys too well. They're hurting their they're hurting themselves, right? None of these dudes were projected to be first round picks when they came to Ohio State. And then they were when they were gone. So, you know, that's kind of the a weird, like we a weird web they've weaved themselves into, you know? So um, I think just with this year, like I said last year, the whole time while they're on this losing streak, like imagine they had Malachi Branham, you know, they lost all those close games. I think they win a lot of those with Malachi Branham because you're literally adding your top score, but he had a great freshman year. People weren't really expecting, and he's gone to the NBA and he's playing great. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where I think context does play into expect context plays into expectation. And, and obviously the expectation is not to miss the tournament. Last year was unacceptable. Every single person that you talk to will say that we will say that that's, that's yes, hundred percent. And a lot of the goodwill Chris Holtman built up from that first year and from all the years past is gone. And I get that understandable, but I just do think that you have to give them a little bit of time to get back on track with the guys they've lost, get the recruiting good. And then you have your what could be a legitimate top five team in the country in 2025 or 2024 if the piece is finally aligned. And I mean, yeah, I I, I, I I think that most fans, I think that most fans, um, you know, 
that, that sounds good and that sounds great. But I think most fans are, even if it at times can be short-sighted, I think it's also very valid. Like the here and now, you know, for example, it's like, let's say. No, I, get it. I, do, I do get the people that are like, it's been seven years, win. I get it. I 100% do. Like, right. I mean, it's like, it's what you're, it's what you're seeing with your eyeballs right now. Like Justin, hypothetically, if, if next week, Darren Peterson, who is the number two player in the class of 2025, I mean, this, like you're, you're talking, you're talking a guy that he's going to be a one and done. And he's going to be a guy that it, like D'Angelo Russell, like when you're looking back and you're like, who are like the most talented guys who have gone through the Ohio state program? Like, Darren Peterson could potentially be one of those guys. If Darren Peterson commits to Ohio State next week, and you're like, holy cow, the future is bright for this program. And then Ohio State this year goes eight and twelve in the Big Ten. Fans they will not care that Darren Peterson is on the way. They will say 100 Get get Chris Holtman out of here. Darren Peterson can go somewhere else. We don't care. Make the change that needs to be made right now. And and a lot of people would argue because, like you said, our argument is. Well, if you get rid of the coach, you know, you, you might get rid of two really good recruiting classes. There's a lot of people that will say at this point, they do not care about that. Get someone else in here. We'll figure it out later, which I don't agree with, but I understand. But yeah, you, you can't, but you cannot blame people for thinking that. Yeah, um, yeah I agree with it. I, I I see where it's coming from. I don't agree with it, but I see where it's coming from for sure. The, you can't, the, I, I, I've said this, look, we're the most staunch Holtman supporters there are. We understand that we're biased. He's nice to us a hundred percent. Like, it's not a secret. He was on our podcast a month ago. We like the guy. He's a nice guy. So we are a little biased for sure. I can also see it with a unbiased eye of when you go five and 15 in the big 10, I get it. You lost all goodwill. He knows that, you know, like we get it. I understand where fans are coming from. I do think it's crazy when you can't give any uh, credit where credit's due. That's where you lose me. Where like, like the 20, the, the, um, the streak of 20 wins in a row in six seasons, that was impressive. Okay. That's, that is a good thing. It doesn't all have to be bad. You can give credit where credit's due, but also criticizing where criticism is due. I think Ohio state football fan base is starting to lose that, that bit as well. If we're just criticizing, we got to give credit where credit's due as well. Um, And that's where you tend to lose me if you can't give that, but also I'd be crazy if I didn't see there's incredibly valid criticism of the Ohio state basketball team. They haven't been to a Sweet 16 since 2000, what, 13? So I get it. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I think so. I think if they don't do it this year, it'd be, it'd be 10 years. Yeah. So, and I, do I expect them to do it this year? I don't know. I do. I, if they bring back everybody, I definitely expect them to do it next year. I think they'll be a top 10 team in the country. But, uh, but this year, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm going to go back to the Big Ten, and I'm going to pull up the, like, all Big Ten – teams you know like the all conference let's see, let's yeah, see that's, always good. that's always a good time I want the full preview here we go um, I, got a, okay. I got i got a i got a i got a, a a fun opinion about somebody i think will be first team but i want to hear uh player of the year player of the year zach Eady, sure defensive player of the year zach Eady, sure. sure um newcomer of the year they have for the big 10 um olivier kamwa michigan used to play Play at Tennessee. Um, coach of the year. Question, Kevin I, have Willard. I have a question to that actually. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Can James yes, Battle? Ahead. Can Jameson Battle be a newcomer of the year? Um, I don't think so. Okay. I was just curious because you know, like, because 
that's implying transfers, obviously, and freshmen. But James Battle, while he's a transfer, he was transferring from Michigan or Minnesota. So he's not. Uh, coach coach of the year, Kevin Willard, uh, Maryland. Um, Kevin Willard, the owner of the shortest press conference of the 2022-2023 season last year. Um, and then all-conference first team, they have uh, Terrence Shannon Jr., Jameer Young, Boo Booey, Tyson Walker, and Zach Eady. Second team, uh, Tony Perkins, Ace Baldwin from Penn State, um, they got Xavier me. Johnson, Xavier Johnson, uh, Dawson Garcia from Minnesota, and Cliff Amore from Rutgers. Um, so no Buckeyes first team, no Buckeyes second team. They did a coaches poll. They pulled all the Big Ten coaches. They said, who's going to be the breakout player? Um, the most voted player was Derek Simpson from Rutgers, which I couldn't get behind. I thought he looked really good as a freshman. Yeah, I'm on um, the same, same wavelength. Uh, player who scares you the most, Zach Eady. Um, yeah, that checks out. Uh, best pro prospect is Xavier Booker at Michigan State. That also that checks out as well. Eh. Um, hardest team to prepare for? They're going to say the, they voted Purdue. I don't know if I agree with that because I, I think it's like, I, hey, I think it's like, hey, you know how to, you know how, yeah, you know what the recipe is to beat Purdue. The thing is, you just can't just do nobody, it. <laughs> right? Nobody can, nobody can do it. You know yeah. what needs to be done. We all know what needs to be done. It's like when I go to the dentist, I know, I know I have to go. I don't want to do it, but yeah. you know how, what needs to be done to beat Purdue is to find a way to neutralize Zach Eady. We just can't. Um, sleeper team, the the coaches voted Maryland. Now, the the people that wrote the, the almanac voted Maryland third. Um, the coaches themselves are thinking that Maryland's going to be a sleeper team, but it seems like the coaches aren't aware that the media is already all over Maryland. I, I not being biased in any sense here, I actually think the sleeper team is Ohio State, just because I think they can go from thirteenth to third, and you know, that's a pretty big jump. But I, mean, I pretty much agree with all that. I had. My then, big my big opinion was Ace Baldwin could be first team all Big Ten, but they kind of already stole that because they have him second team. So, yeah. And then the best developmental staff they have uh, Purdue. Yeah. Um, I would have to think about that a little further, but I mean they they develop bigs really well. They take bigs that like sit. It's they have a feeder system, almost like a minor league system of bigs. Like every time that Purdue has like a star center, they have another star center who at the same time is playing like fourteen minutes a game. And then when the star center leaves, the next one comes in. Like it went from like Isaac Haas to Matt Harms to Travion Williams to now to Zach Eady. And then, you know, they can hand it off next year, either a Trey Kaufman Wren or, or Caleb first. Like it just, it's just a, a never ending cycle of hell. So do they mean developmental? I guess that in college, because if you're talking about developmental in terms of like putting guys in the NBA, that's probably Ohio state, right? Who's no, they definitely, the the, they definitely mean, they definitely mean developing them um, at the college level. Yeah, produce hard. I mean, Zach E was a three star, and he's turned into like one of the most dominant players of the past ten years in basketball. So I, I get that. I can get behind that. Um, and I think that's that's all we got for like the almanac, like all conference preview kind of thing. All of the thoughts that they have in Ohio State are things that you know we we've discussed wanting to see big jumps from Bruce Thornton, wanted to see a big jump from Roddy Gale, wanted to see if Jamison Battle can pick back up where he was two years ago, where, you know, you and I talked about Jamison Battle two years ago, where we were like, hey, man, this guy sneakily might deserve to be first team all Big Ten. 
Um, yeah, I don't want to say we ago. were first not last, on that. Not last year. I don't think we were first on that. We were looking at stats towards the end of the season. I remember both you and I were looking at stats and we're like, damn, man, he was really, really good two years ago. Like, really, really good. Like, phenomenal good. Shot the ball efficiently from all areas, inside and outside of the arc, or like, scored a lot of points for a really bad Minnesota team. Now, he was not good last year, but um, can, can he get back? Stuff. Can he get back to that? Um, is losing Bryce Sensabaugh, um, even though you're losing the offensive production, could it potentially overall make the team better because of how vulnerable they were defensively with him on the floor? Uh, that's to be determined, but you know, their starting lineup, they're gonna they're starting lineup that they're gonna roll out there next year with Bruce Thornton, Roddy Gale, um, probably Felix Akpara at center. Jamison Battle, and then my guess is probably Scotty Middleton. You've got three, in my eyes, defensive stoppers in Gale, Middleton, and Felix Akpara. You've got Bruce Thornton, who's fine, and I'm really not sure how great of a defender Jamison Battle will be, but you've got three really good defensive players in that starting lineup. Yeah. Battle is serviceable, but he needs to be better. I think, I mean, Chris Owen told us that. And then we we did tease it um, at the top. Um, man, we're not even going to have time to talk about the schedule. Let's we'll talk about the schedule next time we record. Because um, we did just have media day this week. Um, I was at media day. Um, Justin was not at media day. But hopefully Justin has at least listened to Chris Holtman's press conference at this point since we literally put it on Spotify. Uh-huh. Um, Justin has. But... Uh, a good day. They they basically um, for media day they they set all the players around the practice gym at tables. Um, they released the hounds, all of the media people, and we just kind of like free roam through the gym, talking to different guys. Um, and then after about forty five minutes of that, Chris Holtman has a press conference, and uh, you know that'll be that. But that it was my first it was my first opportunity to talk to um, Devin Royal and austin parks um we have our you and i have already talked to scotty middleton so if you listen to this episode and you haven't heard scotty before we talked to scotty about a year ago so scroll back in the feed we were one of scotty's first interviews after he committed Arguably um, so I, talked to, I talked to scotty a little bit um i asked him about um how last year he told us that he could definitely beat grady dick in one-on-one yeah, so i had did. to ask him i had to ask him because he was a high school teammate of grady dick who First round pick to the Raptors, I believe, right? Correct, yes. Um, I asked him, I was like, it's been a year now, and uh Grady's in the league now. Grady's a first round pick. Can you still can you still beat Grady Dick in one on one? And he said, Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh, I I'm so excited for Scotty Milton. Connor, I have a question. Uh-huh. How tall is Scotty Milton? He is at least six seven. He uh, that team picture. He looks six nine, and I was like, "Holy shit!" He is at least six seven. Um, I'm excited for Scotty Milton, man. He's a little, he's a little thin. He's a little thin, but um, so is Brandon. I think, I think he'll be okay. But yeah, he's a little thin, but he's like, he's like six seven. And I mean, I've seen, you know, some of the recruiting sites used to like list him as like a, a two guard. He was a so two like, guard when they kind of started really blowing up and then he moved to kind of more of a three. A so he's like a he's like a he's like a six seven potentially guardish. I think he's more of a small forward at this point. But um 
yeah, like I, I talked to Scotty. I asked him if he could beat Grady Dick. I, he said, you know, yeah, I could still beat I could still beat Grady. And I I was like, you know, what makes you think that you could still beat beat Grady? He's in the league now. What what part of your game? And he's like, he did he just he basically said like my on ball defense. Like I'll if it's just me, and, pretty much. He basically said, you know, if it's just me and Grady, and Grady can't call for a screen to get away from me, then Grady's not going to be scoring on me. Which so, is awesome oh. because that means that. We have an all-ball defender we have not had in a long time. <laughs> so, you know, talk to Scotty. He's a, he's a goofball. He, he's done – he has done a lot of interviews in the past year. So he did not initially remember me just by my voice. I don't know if you're shocked by that, but just by my voice, he did not remember who I was. But when I said, you know, I talked to you last summer and we talked about, you know, we talked about, you know, if Coach Holtman and Coach Dealer had arm wrestle, and we also asked you if uh, you could beat Grady one-on-one. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Scotty's a goofball, you know, Scotty's a goon. Talked to, to Devin Royal as well. Um, very, very, very polite, really good kid. Um, he was making fun of Felix Akpara. There was Devin and Felix Akpara were sat at the same table together. And at this little Hawking Hills retreat they did this weekend, they did some zip lining like above the, the forest and stuff. It was like 80 feet high. And Devin was like making fun of Felix at the, at media day because he said like, Felix was like horrified of the zip line of doing love like heights. It's funny. He was like, he's, Felix, seven, he's seven foot. If he's scared of heights, he, walking around has got to be horrible. And so, yeah, Felix said that like coach Diebler and them like walked him up all these steps to the top of the zip line thing. And then Felix got to the top and he was like, no, like, I don't want to do this. Like, I really want to go. I want to go back down. And basically he said like coach Diebler was like, Hey man, the quickest way to get down is just to close your eyes and jump on the zip line and go back down. <laughs> That's so messed up. So, um, but you talked to Felix a little bit. Um, I asked each of the big guys, like I asked Austin and Felix and Zed about guarding each of the other two big guys on the team. And Felix and Zed both said like, you know, Hey, Austin's basically Austin's solid. He is as, he is as solid as it gets. But Felix did say like, Austin's got the size, but he still needs to like learn how to use the size. Yeah. That's um, a big part of being, yeah, that's, I mean, not to say Austin Park's going to become Zach Eady. I think that was a lot of what we saw with Zach Eady his freshman year was like, he's so tall. He's just got to utilize that in his bet in the best way. And obviously he's learned how to do that. But he said, you know, even though Austin is like much bigger than Zed, he said, Zed is much more aggressive than Austin, even though Austin is much bigger than Zed. Well, I shouldn't say much bigger, but like Austin is Austin has like an inch or two in height on Zed, but he does have like at least like 20 pounds on Zed. Now, now that Zed is like slim thick, Austin does have like 20 pounds on Zed. Um, but he said, you know, Austin has the size, but Austin is still learning how to use the size. Um, Talked to Bruce a little bit as well. Um, basically what I did was whenever there was a table that wasn't super crowded, I would just like run over to that table. I didn't feel like fighting through other people. So like I waited until the very end to talk to Bruce. Um, you know, and, and Bruce, I, I talked to Bruce about kind of the tough stretch that they had in, in the spring and I asked him, how much does that kind of weigh on you in the summer? How much does that kind of like burn in your chest? Like when you're up at the, when you're up at 6am running the mile at 6am, like, are you thinking like we're, we're doing, we're, we're grinding now because we're going to, we're going to figure this out this year. Do you remember what happened? He said, Oh yeah. You know, he said like, you don't, he said like, I didn't come here to lose and like, we're not going to lose like that again. So um, really mm-hmm. like talking to Bruce, just, just a lot of really nice, like, 
little guys that are really easy to root for, really polite. I talked to Evan Mahaffey. Um, I think people he, he are really going to like, like a, He looks kind of like a brick wall now. He's a big guy. I think people, I think people are really going to like Evan Mahaffey. I think he's going to bring a lot of energy. Um, I, I think he's going to play kind of like that Gene Brown role that Gene played like two years ago when Gene was healthy. Um, so I, I thought Evan was, was a real, we've got all this audio and we're probably going to stack it at the back of this episode, which is coming up pretty soon. We're almost done here, but um excited for this year's team some some really good guys guys that are really easy to root for very polite guys that um you know a couple ohio guys i did ask austin and and Devin. i said did you guys you know did you guys grow up as ohio state basketball fans did you grow up watching like aaron craft and william buford and dave lighty and stuff and they both said no you know (laughs) Devin said and i told them i said you're allowed to say no it's okay um, you know, Devin said that he grew up like an Ohio state fan. Um, but by the time he started getting into like college basketball was like early high school, which is when his recruitment had already started. And he said that it felt like he shouldn't lock in on any one college team as like a fan when all of these schools are recruiting. him. Yeah. So that, that makes, that makes sense. <clears throat> so, you know, like Devin said, he was, he grew up like an Ohio state fan but he wasn't like locked into Ohio state basketball because by that point he was already feeling different offers and stuff. But um, hopefully I'll be able to write a few things up about, about uh, media day and the conversations I have with some of these guys talk to Zed um, got actually five or six minutes with Zed. He's a great, we've been trying to get full disclosure. Me and Justin have been trying to get Zed key on this podcast for like over a year now. And I should have just, I totally forgot to ask him when I was talking to him, but he's an awesome interview. He's got a lot of personality, but you already know that. Yeah. I mean, it's probably part of why we haven't got him on in a year is we keep forgetting to ask him. So I literally <laughs> couldn't ask him, but um, you know, I, I had heard, we'll, do it. we'll get it. We'll, don't worry. we'll get it. Now that me and him, he got a, he got a kitten in the off season named scat pack, um, a little gray kitten. And we were talking about cats. I've got a cat. Like now that me and him, now that, I've talked to him just one-on-one for a little bit. Hopefully he remembers me a little better. We can maybe get him on the podcast, but um, I heard last season that uh, mentally, you know, down the stretch with the shoulder, um, how he just had to watch his team lose for a while that like mentally he was really, really, really like struggling to like get to the end of the season. So I asked him, I was like, like, I guess mentally, how are you doing having to sit and like watch the losses when you want to be out there? And he said, like, he said, it was like really, really, really hard. It was really, really dark. It was really hard. Um, but like he said, he feels good now. He's lost weight. Um, and I asked him how he feels about like now that he's going into his fourth season at Ohio State, um, uh, reflecting on that decision through the ups and the downs. And he was just like, man, like this is the best. This is the best. He said, this is the best decision I've ever made in my life, like with the ups and the downs. And he was kind of just talking about Columbus and, I'm not a big car guy. I don't think you're a big car guy, but like, so I can't really relate, but Zed is a huge car guy. So he said, like, he goes to car shows. He's got, he's made connections throughout like the city of Columbus and in central Ohio with different, you know, body shops, dealerships, people that come out to car shows, just like guys he's met at car shows that have nothing to do with, with Ohio state and everything to do just with Columbus and that he loves Columbus and he's met so many great people here and, um, just 
good, good guy, good interview. Was he, it was five or six minutes. So it was damn near its own interview at that point. Um, but some, some good guys that are easy to root for on this team. And I'm, I'm glad that Zed is feeling better physically and also, um, you know, ment- uh, like mentally. Yeah, no doubt. It's awesome. It'll be fun to see him and Felix Ipar kind of switch out with time because I think they're just they're two different bigs that provide a different skill set, and it's nice to have both of them hopefully you know healthy and, and at their best. Well, I think we've gone on long enough. Um, I think I've rambled about media day long enough. Um, if you have not listened to um, Chris Holtman, if you've not listened to Chris Holtman's audio, we also have that on Spotify. We didn't really talk about too much tonight about what Holtman said at media day, but we've got that on Spotify for you to listen to. Um, I think after we close this out, we're just going to play some of the clips that I was able to get from media day. Some of the audio that I was able to get from media day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I spoke to, you know, Zed key, Scotty, Devin, Bruce, um, who am I forgetting? Felix, um, who else am I? Austin parks. And I feel like there was a seventh. I'm drawing a blank. Did you say Evan? Mahavey? And Evan Mahavey. There you go. Um, those are the seven guys that I was able to talk to. So I think once we close this out, we're going to go ahead and just roll some of that audio um, so people can can listen. Um, the audio is not perfect because there are other people talking like that at Austin's table. Zed was sitting next to him. Other people are asking Zed questions while I'm talking to Austin. But you can you can hear what they're saying pretty clearly. If you're still with us, we do appreciate you guys listening in this week. We're, we're getting really close to the season um, and we're going to be taking it up to, to weekly here pretty soon. Um, if you found us on uh, landgrantholyland.com, Make sure to also subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you uh, wherever you get your music and podcasts. I was just gonna say real quick, uh, you can just make a comment real fast. If you did, you read the Gene Smith coaching report on Colvin? Yes, yeah, I did. Did Did you take anything? I didn't really take anything away from it. It's not a secret. Gene Smith is a Holman supporter, so and most of what he said I thought was accurate. The on the on the court stuff sucked. But he liked how the team came together. He liked how they finished it, and he thinks the future's bright. Pretty much all it said. So, I just, I, I think it's a bunch of fluff, to be honest. I think it's a bunch yeah. of fluff. Like, if you're, I don't know. I think it's just, I don't want to say it's crap because there are plenty of things that off the court, like team good GPA, that's fantastic. Team bounced back from a tough stretch to finish strong, that's great. But uh, what most people are concerned about is the, the end product, which was. Yeah. Not up to par. Not up to par with what the program, uh, you know, with what the program expects, and everybody knows that. So I thought it was just a bunch, of, a bunch of fluff, honestly. Yeah, I, the only thing I'll say was like I think a lot of people just read the headline of like Eleven Warriors and not the actual report because the report did say from both of them that the on the court stuff was was unacceptable, it was not up to par. So I understand it. It's weird Gene Smith saying that and then saying that you know he thought he did a great job or whatever the actual specific quote was but um this is like i said it's also not a secret that gene smith is a holman supporter so he's probably going to lean to support him especially on his way out so i don't think there's much to it um at this point it's put up or shut up for Ohio state basketball this season and next so that's kind of where we're at i don't think you're gonna i think at this point you either support him or you don't and we're gonna find out exactly like if they miss term of this year he's probably gone so <laughs> there you go and also, I mean, the conference schedule, we've talked, I think it's, you know, it's not like the teams weren't known. It was just the order of which they were playing and stuff. 
Uh, I don't really have too many. Ta- I tweeted the takeaways I had from it. I think everybody would agree it's a pretty light schedule. They got pretty lucky in terms of, you know, they're not going to Maggie. They're not going to Xfinity Center, which is where Maryland plays. Their December games are should be a pretty simple 2-0 with Minnesota and Penn State. They don't have any crazy back-to-backs, you know, stuff like that. So conference schedules should be, again, should be pretty favorable, but still got to go out there and win the games. So at this point, uh, you can follow me at Justin underscore Golba. Um, I'm, my current job is I'm the senior writer for AmateurGolf.com, so I've been kind of plugging some of that stuff. It's Ryder Cup week, so I'll be waking up at 1.30 every, in the morning every day to watch the Ryder Cup because uh, it's the one of the best events in sports, in my opinion. And uh, Connor, where are you? Uh, you can find me at LeMans underscore Connor, L-E-M-O-N-S underscore Connor. Oh, I forgot um, about this, the secret scrimmage. Who's that against, Connor? You know. Um, so they're doing the scrimmage against Dayton, which is not secret. And then they will be playing, uh, it sounds like Clemson in Nashville, um, date TBD. Um, my assumption is that it will be sometime between the Dayton scrimmage, which is October 22nd and the first game against Oakland, which I believe is November 6th. So sometime in those two weeks, they'll go to Nashville and play Clemson, I believe. Very fun. This is one of the longest can, sign-offs we've ever done. But Connor, where are you? Yeah, bro, you keep you keep interrupting our sign-up. You're like, I'm, I'm, he's look, like, I'm there's the things we gotta hit. It's been, you know, unfortunately we go bi-weekly, so we miss some things. So we gotta go. We gotta. It's go a, it's at Lamans underscore Connor. Hopefully, we'll be putting out a few articles in the next few weeks about some of the things I got from Media Day, some stuff specific to each player. So look out for that. Appreciate it. Uh, and, and also at Bucketheads LGPN for the Twitter. Have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. And of course, go Bucks. First up at Ohio State Men's Basketball Media Day, I spoke to freshman forward Scotty Middleton. There we go. All right, so last summer, when I talked to you right after the commitment, Justin asked you, could you beat Grady Dick one-on-one? And now that we've seen, we've had a whole year to kind of stew on that. You still think the same? I still think I can beat him. You still think you can beat him? So how do you, like, what, what about your game do you think? What could you take advantage of playing Grady one-on-one? Because I'm sure you've played him before. Um... You said, did you ask the question again? What part of, like, if you, you've played Grady one-on-one before, I'm sure. What part of your game, like, what could you take advantage of over him to beat him? Like, why do you think you could beat him? Probably my intensity on defense. Like, I feel like it'll, I'll make it really tough for him to score. You think you would lock him up? Uh, offensively, I'll probably just try to use my height and just make difficult shots. And then, since last summer when I talked to you, since the commitment, what parts of your game have you been working on from what the coaches have told you? Like these are the these are the things that we we want to see you get better at during your se- your senior season to now. Uh, really, everything: shooting, um, uh, pick and roll, like reads, uh, just getting lower and getting stronger. So really, everything a part of my game. And then this past weekend, I don't know how much you're allowed to tell us. But this the secret retreat you guys went on, the whole team, the team retreat, did uh so did Coach Holt like bring a box, all phones in the box? What were you guys uh, what were you guys up to this weekend? Yeah, it was like we came back from our other cabin and came back to the main cabin and they just had the phone box right there and we had to just turn out phones. Well like what what was the it was just like a retreat out at like Cotton Hills or one of the state parks or something, that kind of thing? Uh, it was I feel like it was to Get us closer as a group without phones and social media and all that other distractions and stuff like that to sit down and 
get to know your teammates better. Like, you feel like you got to know some of the guys a little better. Yeah, but I think appreciate Next up was freshman center Austin Parks. Austin, what's up? My name's Connor. I'm with Landgren. Holy Land. So, my first question for you, and you're allowed to say no. Did you grow up an Ohio State basketball fan? Like, were you watching Ohio State basketball as you were kind of growing up, or no? Uh, well, to be honest, no, I did not. Uh, I was more of a football kid growing up. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really start basketball until about my sixth grade year, and I just grew from there. But uh, an Ohio State fan in general, I wasn't. I wasn't even that. Like my whole family from Ohio is split down the middle of uh, Ohio State and Michigan, and I just, I just really watched from the side. I never really picked the side, but after getting recruited and going on visits, I knew, I knew this was the home. My home. And so you committed a little bit earlier than a lot of the guys in your, in your class. Uh, what were some of the things that when you were talking to Coach Holtman and Coach Diebler and those guys, when you committed, what kind of things did they want to see you get better at between then and, and now, like getting on campus? I mean, really everything. I mean, my game needs to expand a little bit deeper. I need to polish my post work. Uh, I need to get quicker on defense, and I just need to... Uh, it's really an all-around game. We got to work on everything. My heart was there. My work ethic was there. But uh, once I got here, they're gonna get me where I need to be. And then I know you guys. I think you just started team practice today, right? We start team on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Okay. Have you had the opportunity to guard both Zed and Felix a little bit in practice? And can you kind of tell me, I don't want you to tell me who's easier or tougher, but what are some of the things that makes them, I guess, unique, same position, but those two guys unique in how they play the position? Yeah, I've actually been able to have the opportunity to guard both of them in open gyms and team skills. Um, when I guard them, I realize that they have their experience and they, they've been here. Like, they know what they're doing. They've gone against... Uh, some of the yeah. best players in the country, and they've gotten better I mean, over their career. And Zed's a senior, Felix is a sophomore, and they're just—they're really experienced, and they've got a great game. I want to ask you a little bit about Coach Diebler. I'm going to ask a couple of the newer guys this, just because I've heard a lot about Coach Diebler on the recruiting trail. I've heard he's borderline annoying the amount that he reaches out. So I guess can you talk about your relationship with Coach Diebler throughout the process? Like, how often did you hear from the coaches, and what kind of relationship do you? have with especially uh, Jake Diebler. Yeah, that was part of the reason I committed, just the love and attention that all these coaches had for each one of the recruits. They took time and got to know them and made sure that they knew that we knew that they cared. Like, they showed all the attention that we just or that we needed. Uh, Diebler was always calling, texting, seeing how the family was doing, everything's going good at home. He probably, if not every day, every other day. Like it was quite often, even not just Diebler, but all the other coaches as well. They just cared so much and it made me feel like they really like wanted me. So it just made me feel like this was home. I guess the last thing I got, I don't know how much you're allowed to tell me about what were you guys doing this past weekend? All we saw was Instagram, a picture of the coaches taking all the cell phones, and, and that was that. So what were, you, what were you guys up to this weekend? We had a little team bonding. We went up, we went up to Hawking Hills, and as you just said, they took our phones. So it was, just, it was just us, no social media, no internet, nothing. We just spent time as a team, got to know one another, and we grew as, like, brothers. Like, we became closer, and that's going to translate to the court 
our play. What kind of stuff were you guys doing to like pass the time? Did they have like planned stuff? Did they have games? Were you yeah. guys kicking it around the wood? What were you guys up to? Yeah, we were up in the mountains, man. Uh, we didn't have, even if we had our friends, we didn't have much service. But we did watch the Ohio State game as a team. We had fires. We had a lot of games. We played cards all night. We played any type of board game we could. Uh, we took a couple trips to, we went hiking and we went zip lining and had some miniature golf, but it's just all around a good time. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. After that, I spoke to sophomore forward and a transfer from Penn State, Evan Mahaffey. Awesome. Well, Evan, great to meet you. Nice Thanks to meet you a lot. Evan. I'm Connor. I'm with Lane Grant Holy Man. Nice to meet you. Uh, first question, and you're allowed to say no. Mm-hmm. Did you grow up an Ohio State fan, like watching OSU hoops when you were younger? I grew up watching, but I, I was not. I was never big. I never had a spe- specific team that I liked too much, I guess. And then when when the whole thing with Coach Shrewsbury, the movement stuff happened, what were what were the things that were most important to you when you were making that choice? I know you. Yeah. I'm assuming you could have maybe followed Shrews over yeah, Notre Dame. You could have maybe stayed at Penn State where yeah. you're comfortable, and you chose a new school and a new coach. Yeah. But what were the things that were most important to you? I think um, some of the most important things was just um, being able to win. I think especially being what we did last year, being able to play um, in the NCAA tournament, be able to make it far in the Big Ten tournament. Like once you get that winning feeling, like you don't want to lose that. So I think. Coming here, and I feel like this team has a very big chance to do really well here, which is um, one of the big things that um, well, I was looking for. Then just being close to home always helps, like with my family, my mom, my dad. Um, just being able to see them more, because I know I didn't see them too much last year, but just um, allow them to come to more games too, which is nice. But yeah, I'd say those two are big things. What, what excites you about this group of guys from what you've gathered so far? Um, I would say this, like how hard they play and like how everybody's just bought in. I feel like right now everybody's really, really bought into like. Like what we have to do to be really, really good this season. And uh, defensively, offensively, I feel like even like the guys are transferred in, um, we know what we have to do to come in and help this team um, um, just build on the, the momentum that they had in the year last year. How much can you tell me about what the heck was going on this weekend? All we saw on Instagram was that the coaches took all your phones and it looked, oh. like, you, and it looked like you were in the woods. What was yeah. going on? Yeah, we had like a little retreat. It was really nice. I think that was a very big thing. Um, for this team, just getting closer together. I think um, just no, that. Hawking Hills? Yes, Hawking Hills. So, yeah, that was just a very big um, thing to just get closer with the new guys coming in, freshman chance. What kind of stuff did you guys get up? Were you hiking? Were you playing games? What yeah, kind of stuff you a doing? lot of different things like that, for sure. Just different things that you would do, like the games that we played, um, uh, different board games and stuff. That would tell you those big things that we did, just bonding. Uh, last thing has literally nothing to do with OSU. I was watching earlier the replay of the Northwestern game. Yeah. The Northwestern game, and I watched it several times. The, you know what play I'm talking about. Yeah. So tie game, like three seconds left. Mm-hmm. So when you come down with the offensive board, I'm just wondering, like, in your head, are you even considering going straight back up with it? Mm-hmm. Or are you immediately thinking outlet? I think the first thing after I grabbed the rebound, I, at the, in the moment, you're not thinking too much. It's more of like instinct and playing. But looking back on it, the first thing I realized was like there was like two or three people down there with me. So and like where I caught the ball, I was a little bit farther out, and there was a person right between me and the rim. So I was like, there was like a person, somebody behind them. So I'm like, okay, um, that means somebody's open. So automatically grab it and look up and saw Funk right open kicked it out one more three so I think just realizing um, the people around me um, just realized someone else is open yeah I mean that 
that win could have been that could have been the difference in playing or not playing two weeks later in yeah, the tournament. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, that's why I think. Um, did just you, I was did happy you ever, that. Did you ever oh. sit back? Like, did you sit back later that night? Like, holy, holy cow! Like, <laughs> I don't think I got to really think about that night. I think it because that transition from that game on to the NCAA tournament it went by so fast. So I guess later on, like after NCAA tournament, I sat back and was like, wow, like that was a pretty good, big play. So I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Next up was freshman forward Devin Royal, who is a Pickerington native. How high up were you guys? I think we were like 80 feet. Okay, that's, yeah. that's pretty high. It's, yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. Though. We so, went over at Lake and everything, so it was nice. So that's like, nice. So you enjoyed it? Yeah. Did you watch the Ohio State game? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I no did. phones are in that. No phones. So you couldn't check social media? <laughs> nah. What was it like just like watching the football team? It was great. I mean, it was a lot of commotion, you know, a lot of different things going yeah. on. But it was definitely a great, great game. Do you have any friends on the football team you're close with? Yeah, um, I actually have a teammate, Sonny. Uh, we play with each other. Oh, yeah, um, from Pickerington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a, lot, a lot of guys from Pickerington, I'll say I'm all cool with, okay. like his brother and stuff like that. Um, oh, I know. How much? Some of the freshmen that came in, like Levat Niels, you know, we became really? cool with yeah. Sonny was a great basketball player in high school, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Better than you? He was more athletic than me, I'll say. I'll say. But skill-wise, you know, I'll probably beat him on that one. Okay, so JTT said last year, and so did CJ Stroud a couple years ago, that the football team and the five-on-five would beat the basketball team. No? They're just talking crazy. A little, yeah, you know, they just want to, you know, got hyped their head. Yeah. We'll let us They had some talent. DeJuan Jones. Yeah, for sure. They definitely have some talent. CJ's a good athlete, but... Now let's get to basketball. Where should we see Devin Royal in this lineup this year in a role for him? Um, I think just one of my roles is just coming in and being versatile, you know, helping our team out to win. That's sort of my biggest goal, um, rebounding, scoring around the rim, making my open shots, stuff like that. What's your specialty in this game? Um, I'll just say being yeah, versatile, guarding you know, like two through five, just be able to guard bigger guys, guard smaller guys. Mm -hmm. Felix was telling me about his welcome to college basketball moment, Zach Eady, and obviously yeah. he beefed up. Yeah. Has he shared those experiences with you and the rest of these guys being like, all right, we're playing the Big Ten. we got some big dudes that play against us, some athletic freaks. What are they saying to you? Um, they definitely say, I mean, you know, don't come in soft, don't stuff like that. They tell us, like, there's going to be big guys, 16, 7 yeah. footers. So it's just being able to take contact and be strong in the paint is a big deal for sure. All right. Thank you, Devin. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Take care. Hey, Devin. How you doing? Hey, Connor. I'm just playing around Holy Land. I'm going to try to avoid asking anything you've already been asked. Like, I heard about the the retreat. I've asked other guys. But uh, first question, you're allowed to say no. Did you grow up an Ohio State basketball fan? Like, not just an OSU fan, but, like, watching OSU hoops when you were younger. Uh, I wouldn't say hoops, but I was definitely a Ohio State fan yeah. growing up. But, you know, after I got older, um, like, in high school, I started recruiting everything. It definitely just – I wasn't a big fan because I just wanted to see all my options, stuff like that. Yeah. When you were trying to figure out which school to go to, trying to pick a spot – other than potentially being close to home, what were the things that were like most important to you as you were talking to different coaches? Um, the work, how hard we worked, and definitely a family atmosphere. I, mean, I think you know having a team that's a family is a great thing. So this is definitely a family atmosphere. And I love you for sure. And uh, how has the transition been? I guess from you had your kind of summer conditioning in high school. Then, then you get in here with, with Coach Q, and you're doing conditioning in college. Yeah. How has that been a pretty smooth transition, or has it been a little like eye opening of how maybe hard or how long they go? In definitely during the summer, it definitely was you know a little hard. It was definitely different, but you know um, I'm kind of I'm getting used to it now. But it was definitely an eye opener for me in, uh, in the summer. And then the last thing about this past weekend, 
Um, what kind of activities are you guys getting into? Were you out in the woods kicking it around? Were you playing games? Yeah, we was out in the woods. Um, actually, like, we had like, two cabins, so like to get to the other one, like it was separated. So to get to the other one, yeah, I walked through the forest. So at night, were you guys in like bunk beds? Yeah. Who, who, would you get a top bunk or bottom bunk? Uh, I got top bunk. I got top bunk. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, it was a little small. Who was your Who was your bunk buddy? Who was below you? It was actually four guys. So across from me was Kobe. Below me was uh, Evan, and then on the other side was Austin. <laughs> so you know, it was definitely, it was definitely a good experience, though, for sure. We definitely we went zip lining, uh, golfing, and just you know, play board games, just have fun with each other. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Thank you. After that, I spoke to sophomore center Felix Akpara. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? Good, good. Hey, so first question I got for you. So last season. I know the, the plan was definitely not by, for the second half of the season. The plan was not to have you playing 30 minutes a game against Hunter Dickinson, Zach Eady, and these guys. And I know it was tough sometimes, but in hindsight, how do you think playing heavy minutes like that in your first year, how do you think that's helped you for this season? Well, I think we all expect you to play you know, play closer to those minutes and have it be planned, not because something else fell apart. Uh, I would say confidence. I'm going to give my confidence. And, uh, also made me, I, I found my role in the team. You know, once, I, once I found my role, you know, everything, everything just got easier. And then what things, since, since the end of last season over the summer, what things did kind of the coaching staff put on you for the summer to say, you know, Felix, we want you to get better at A, B, and C this summer so we get back in the fall and you're ready to rock and roll? Um, definitely my shooting, you know, my body, and um, post work inside touches. Have you had a chance to work with Austin at all in practice so far? Oh, yeah. What have you thought about Austin so far? Yeah, he's a pretty strong kid. Yeah? He's big, yeah, for a freshman, yeah. He definitely, you got a lot of stuff for the future. And then, I guess between him and Zed, I'm sure you've, you've worked with both of them. So you worked with Zed all last year. Yeah. What differences between their game? Same position, but when you're going against each of those guys, differences in their game? Um, I would say Zed is definitely more aggressive. Yeah. You know, Austin got the body, but you know, he gotta, he got, you know, how to use the body pretty much. Zed is definitely more good, some more skilled too. But Austin's gonna get there, he's still a freshman. Then there's, there's a rumor floating around from the guy sitting next to you that you're like the only guy on the team that was afraid of heights this weekend. Do you wanna address, you address <laughs> oh, man. those rumors? <laughs> man, I, uh, I guess <laughs> I'll talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, we went zipline, team running event. Yeah. Yeah, I said I was gonna do it because you know, I'm. Yeah, I try. I try to stay on the ground as much as possible. Yeah. You know, I don't like water. Uh, I don't like you know being open the air. So you know. Yeah, or say, like, we want but you still did. The, the coaches, you know, they, they yeah. kind of forced me. Yeah. You know, I, before I knew it, I was right there on the top. I couldn't go down anymore. They said the easiest way down was going down the zip line for 30 seconds and walking down the stairs for like a minute. So I was like, I, I was up there and uh, I closed my eyes for half half of the trip. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was going to pass out, but I did good though. The zip line? Yeah, yeah. He yeah. <laughs> you went Superman. Did you go Superman? No, bro. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't like water? No, nah, man. Next up, I spoke to senior center Zed Key. 
Zed, what's going on, man? How you doing? Uh, first question is not even a basketball question. Uh, I heard you got a cat this offseason, a kitten. I this do. Is true. Yes. What is the kitten's name? Scat Pack. Scat Pack. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you room with any of the guys, but uh, what have your roommates thought about the cat, if you have any roommates? I live by myself. Oh, you do? Okay. But, you know, Kalen's allergic to cats, so he hates a cat. Um, Dale loves cats, so he, he, he said you should have him on retreat. I don't know how Homer would have liked that one, but, you know, they're usually okay. He's cool. Like, he, he comes up to you. Like, he's not, like, mean. Like, he's, he comes up to you. You'll sit on your lap. Like, he'll enter. Like, he'll, oh, no, I have, he'll cat, I have cats. Yeah. Cats are dope. Yeah, some, some, but some cats are mean. Some of them. You just gotta know how to walk up to yeah. cats. You just can't walk up on and just start them. And just start. Did you have cats growing up? I didn't. This is my first. So one. did you realize that like kittens are actually like crazy as shit? They, they, yeah, he's mentally insane. He is. All, at three a.m. he wants to play. I don't want to play at three a.m. I'm sleeping no, at three a.m. No, they don't want. They don't. Yeah. And he doesn't care. I just want to. It was too busy earlier to be walking in here asking about cats. But now the actual stuff. Um, for you, last season down the stretch with the shoulder. First of all, how are you feeling? I feel great. Like, like yeah, yeah. Like it's that's a great. That's a great battle, Scar. Yeah, it's Scar looks great. They stitched me up good, and you know the training staff, uh, Q, Brad, um, Tony. You know they got me back right, and you know, I, my shoulder feels like 100. percent It feels great. You're back full go now. Fat, back full go. So I'm excited to get back out there. In practice, working with Austin and working with Felix, mm -hmm. I've asked both of them the same question. What are some differences in their game? What are some things that are tough to guard about one guy that maybe the other guy doesn't have qualities that they show? I mean, Felix, I mean, going against Felix, you got to know he's a shot blocker. So if you don't feel him on your body, that means he's roaming. And that means he's going to block your shot. So so just coming from that, you know, I play, obviously I played with Felix last year, so I know how to like, get him off the body. But, you know, he's gotten better with timing. Like jump hooks and, and, and with Austin and Austin, he's strong. Like Austin is all muscle. Like he's like he will bury you if you if you're if you're sleeping and you like he'll bury you. I mean his touch around the rim is really good, and the both of them has have worked really hard this year and barely miss around the rim. So if you get the ball around the rim, they're not really missing. So you know, it's definitely both. And mentally for you, not even physically, mentally down the stretch the last 10, 12 games when you were kind of, you had to sit and watch and you're just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting. Are we going to shut it down? Are we not going to shut it down? Are we going to do surgery? When are we going to do surgery? Like for your mental, how were you down the stretch? And I guess, how is that and this summer kind of like getting you ready for this season? How do you feel mentally now? I mean, during that time, it was tough because obviously I wanted to play. I wanted to help my team, you know, get out the, out the, um, the slump that we had. But my shoulder was just wasn't in a position to go out there and play at the highest level. So just making the decision, it was tough. Like that decision was, it wasn't an easy decision by no means. And but once I made it, it was, you know, just sitting there too. I'm like, well, I want to go out there still. Even when I had the surgery in the Big Ten tournament, I'm still sitting on the side. Like I really want to go out here and play. Like the urge was still there. Yeah. But, you know, just learning from last year um, and not taking anything for granted since you know you, you, you never know like I, that's why I learned like you you don't know what's gonna like, happen in the game so just don't take nothing for granted and take and play hard that's what it's at how far along do you feel do you feel like I'm caught back up to everybody I'm good going or are you like cardio that kind of thing or there things are still kind of catching I mean, up with like you like, I, especially when I first started playing like I, like I was not contact the whole summer so I was like no scrimmaging nothing so the first scrimmage I had I felt weird like I felt like I haven't played basketball in yeah. forever, but obviously I was still working out. But you know, playing is where you get your, your you feel back for the game. So the first couple of scrimmages that we had open gyms, we had I felt like I haven't played basketball in forever. I felt like I, I forgot how to play basketball. 
But, you know, once you know you keep playing, you keep working out, you know, you keep practicing with the team, you know, I feel I feel I feel really good like out there, you know, meshing well with the team. My last thing, um, so I was a few years ahead of you when okay. I was at LSU, and I used to run the Buckeye Nuthouse Twitter account. And I okay. remember when you committed, you used to tag, like, at Jardy, at Nuthouse. Like, I have never seen a recruit come through that looked, like, more excited to be mm -hmm. a Buckeye than you. So now that you're fourth year now, I guess, how has the experience and the excitement lived up to, like, what you were getting ready for in high school? I mean, this is the best decision I've ever made. I mean, I'm glad I made the decision. Um, from just not even the basketball standpoint, just outside the basketball, you know, the relationships that I've built, the people that I've met, um, the bonds that I've made. Like, I'm a big car guy. Like, I have a whole bunch of, like, car friends and relationships that I've, like, businessmen that like, I know unrelated now. Unrelated to the university. Unrelated to the University of just, just the Columbus. Columbus. So, you know, Columbus is a great city, and you know, I, I love it here, and I'm glad I'm here. Yeah, that's awesome. I'd love to hear that. That's, that's just something I noticed when I was running that account, like, Damn near every other week. Yeah. We're like, Zed tagged us on another I was, video. I was definitely this guy, excited. this guy wants ready, to be here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be here. Trust me. <laughs> All right, man. Glad you're, feel, glad you're feeling good. Thank you. And finally, I talked to sophomore point guard Bruce Thornton. What are your takeaways just from last year? Obviously, you guys didn't have a season probably like a lot of them had. I feel like it's a, it's a beauty and a curse at the same time. It's a curse. I, I went through a crazy roller coaster. You couldn't tell me that we're going to lose that many games last year. But the beauty is that I understand what not to do. And how we played that big team tournament. I feel like we played well. We should be responding. And we know what to do from now on uh, as a returning guys from this year. So what's like the attitude like in this building during workouts or maybe shooting around or anything like that? Uh, it's, it's, just a, it's just a whole different mentality. It's just a mentality that we never going to have that season ever again. So you just, you just put it so much work in, you put so much time into this building, everybody coming together, just playing hard. So when you have that, I feel like good things will come out of uh, What are your ex expectations for this season, maybe for yourself and for the team? Uh, I feel like we're going to win a lot of big games this year. I feel like we're going to like win the big team championship, win, do all the big things. I feel like just me and I, just the team as well, just manifesting, manifesting your goals because dreams do come true. So I feel like... We do what we gotta do on the court and off the court. I feel like we can make, make those things possible. What have you worked on this offseason that's uh, maybe improved your game or just added? Uh, just, just reading, uh, just reading the floor. Um, I worked on my on three point a lot this, uh, this summer and being a better on ball defender, uh, setting the tone defensively because with big games you gotta play, uh, you gotta play great defense on the defensive side of the ball. So I feel like that's a big thing I improved on. I feel like I'm ready to show it. You a big time two K player? For sure. Who's right. the best on the team? It's, it's me. Yeah, I'm the best. I'm the best <laughs> yeah. And I'm the best Madden player. You can ask anybody over there. Like, I literally smack everybody. Like, it's bad. Who's your team? I'm Madden? Yeah. Uh, whatever, whatever team Aaron Rodgers on, that's my team. So now, I'm a, Jets, now I'm a Jets fan. Now. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bruce, uh, I was talking to Roddy. He said, like, on a more serious note, like last year it was tough for him. And at times he was questioning, like, hey, am I good enough yeah. to be here and do this thing? Uh, he said he talked to you a lot about that. I guess, what kind of help did you give him at that time? Or what were you trying to do maybe to, to boost his confidence a little? Uh, it, was, it was different for him because we were basically almost going through the same struggle, but I was just, I was just playing more. So him not playing as well and not playing as much probably is a, a different type of uh, hurt that I wasn't personally going through. But I knew with the ability that Roddy had at the end of the day. But it just time would tell. I said, well, the only thing we can possibly do is I keep working, keep our head down to block up the noise. So he kept doing that and it showed up a big 10 tournament. There's all the work, hard work that 
all the adversity he had, it showed up at the right time. So yeah, I mean like better time than ever. Yeah. <laughs> when that happened, he exploded like he did. I mean, do you still think about like that run you guys had, and especially maybe the run he had too? Yeah, still to the day I think about it. It's just like. <laughs> Like, you're just crazy, yo. Like, we're just winning big games after big games. You're just, you're just playing with an edge. You're playing loose. you just playing with an attitude where it's like, I don't care who I'm for. Like, I just feel like I'm, we had the better team. So, I feel like when you have that confidence as a basketball player, it's really hard to be taken away. Do you feel like that's the turning point for Rocky there right there? I feel like it was, yo. I feel like everybody like, oh, like, where did this guy come from? But, like, just me seeing him every day. We work out with each other religiously every single day. So, me, I was just so happy for him just to just to see everybody can see like what the work he put in in the summer. This summer, he's gonna have a big year this year. So, last this year at Media Day, last one here, we're gonna go up and get Holt. Thank yeah. you. Um, we talked to you and Roddy at Media Day. We said you guys know the words of Carmen Ohio yet, and you guys said no, we don't know that yet. But it's been a year, so do you do you know it now? Uh, I, I feel like I have a better on. I'm better at it now. It's hard when <laughs> when people can't sing next to you. So when you yeah. have people like Zed that really can't sing, they really mess up the lyrics. Yeah. Um, in that kind of tough stretch in February there, after the Purdue game, it was the afternoon press conference we do kind of after the game. Um, you said, I don't ever want to lose like this again. I don't ever, ever want to do this again. Has that kind of like burned in you a little bit this summer, like thinking back on, on kind of like the late winter, early spring stretch there? Has that kind of stuck with you this yeah, summer? Yeah, just, 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 losing, just losing games, like you just come to the plane. Just know you're losing nonstop, and just like you have an attitude that like you just don't want to have this again. It's a mentality. It's a it's a way how you go about certain things. And me having that mentality, and just, just letting know all the guys on the team like we're just not gonna have that have this season this year. So when you have that mentality, and you put put everybody on the same pay. I feel like we can do big things this year. I feel like this team way more we're more bonded together on and off the court. Yeah, uh, very goofy team. But at the end of the day, we get our work done. And we want big things to happen this year. That's what you go here. Um, I know Coach Holtman told us last year the plan was, the plan was never to have you play 32, 33 <laughs> minutes a game. That was never the plan. It just kind of happened that way. But now that you you played that much, do you feel like going into this season you're like, okay, like now I know like what I'm here to do. Now I know what to expect. Do you feel like you're conditioned a little better this year? You know, like I'm gonna play 30 to 35 minutes, but this time it's gonna be a good plan. I'm gonna be ready. More, more different for sure because you you understand what you're gonna You know how you gonna feel when the four minutes left in the second half. Like you just know when the media timeout's gonna come out. You know how to like work on your breathing when you condition how you how you work out you know how tired you're gonna be so when you understand all that you understand you have a plan so when I had to plan this summer how it's gonna work out how it's gonna train and I feel like it really simulated to the game. You got a bunch of friends family stuff coming for the uh, CBS sports classic down there in Atlanta. I don't think I'm gonna have enough tickets. <laughs> you gonna be able to at least get like parents, family, couple yeah. family members down yeah. there and stuff? Like the most I'm probably gonna know like my over like 200 people that come to the game. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm very excited. Have you played there before? I never played there. Never played. Yeah. So. <laughs>